Facts of Faith with Nael Pondwana, 7 to 8 p.m. Good evening and welcome. You're listening to Facts of Faith with me, Nayel Lupondona, here on SFM, leading the conversation. We're together until 8 o'clock. We were scheduled to speak to Mulana Yusuf Bosman, a Muslim theologian who's used to this program, is not a stranger to our show, but have just received word that he has just lost a relative and is such he won't be able to join us. We will endeavor to have a replacement for him, but we do send our condolences to the Bosman family. Let me now begin by introducing you to first and foremost our conversation for tonight. Every and anyone who listens to this program is fully aware that we try to get an interactive and interfaith conversation amongst the various faiths on a very variety of subject matter. Tonight we are scheduled to speak to the Hebrew, the Jews, or the Jewish faith the Christian faith and the Islamic faith. And the question we're trying to get answers to is what is special about the second coming of this Isa, as they call him in Arabic, in uh, Islam, and Yeshua or Yahusha uh, in Hebrew. And then in English, we call him Jesus. That's the Christian community. They all have a name for him, uh, but not all believe in him. Uh, in the same way, but to an extent, there seems to be a general consensus that there is going to be a coming of a Messiah. With the Jews, they believe it's going the Messiah is coming for the first time. They're waiting for the coming, I suppose. They'll clarify their position. The Muslim community believes uh, the Messiah will come or Isa will come for some reason or the other, even though they believe in him being a, just a prophet. And then Christians believe he is the son of God and he's coming to take them to heaven. The list goes on. A variety of communities of faith believe in the second coming or a messianic arrival on this planet Earth. We're going to find out what's so special about this arrival of this Messiah does the earth need an arrival of this Messiah? First coming or second coming? First advent or second advent? It doesn't really matter. What is special about the second coming of this person? This Isa particularly, or Jesus, or Yehusha, or Yeshua, whatever you want to call him. What's so special about his second coming? That's a question for today. I'm Nayelu Pondwana. This is Facts of Faith. The views and ideas expressed in this program are views expressly of the people sharing them and not of the anchor or of that of this broadcaster. All persons, juristic or natural, are to be held responsible for their own representations offered on this program by their agents and not this corporation. Any and all consumption of our conversational substance is entirely at your own discretion. Please be advised that this program airs subject matter that has the potential to destabilize and challenge your intellectual equilibrium. If you are excitable, profound caution when consuming our subject matter is advised. Participation in this program is a voluntary enterprise and as such is expected to be considered and deliberated on. Kindly note that, just as the anchor is, all participants, guests and callers are encouraged to engage in this our freedom of expression and any of our civil liberties responsibly. 
Here we go. Let me introduce you to our guests for today. And they are in no particular order. We do have on the line Pastor Peter Mapanga, who is an evangelist pastor. He goes around teaching and preaching on this subject. So it makes him a specialist from the Christian community. Pastor Mapanga, good evening to you. And thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Good evening. Good evening. Also, we do have Rabbi David Nossel, he's a community rabbi of Favorly Shul and a qualified medical doctor. Rabbi Nossel, good evening to you and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Good evening, Naya. Lovely to be on your show again. Also, we do have on the line Sheikh Rafiq Hassan, founder and director of the Islamic Interfaith Research Institute. Sheikh Hassan, good evening to you and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Uh, uh, good evening, uh, uh, you know, and good evening to your listeners today. Most importantly, we appreciate you stepping in on such short notice. And again, condolences to uh, um, Sheikh uh, Bossman and his family for his loss. All right, um, let's uh, get down to it. I want to begin um, with uh, Sheikh, uh, with you, Sheikh, since you're going to leave us early. Um, do you believe in the second coming of this Isa and why? Okay, now... From a Muslim perspective, I want to just say three things that, you know, the sources of... Uh, so I don't want to give my personal view. I'm going to just give the Muslim view based on, the you know, our sources, the Quran and the Sunnah, you know, the traditions of the Prophet, peace be upon him. Yeah. So as far as the Quran is concerned, look, we believe, uh, uh, you know, in Jesus. We know that story of, you know, peace be upon him as the Messiah and his miracles and what have you. Now, as far as it, and that's very clear in the Quran. But as far as his second coming, uh, uh, you know, it, it is not very clearly uh, stated in the Quran, you know, that he is coming the second time. It's interpreted. So I want to make that straight, you know, right up front, that there is no, like, a clear verse uh, to say that, uh, you know, uh, Jesus, peace be upon him, is coming back the second time. The Quran uh, concurs with the Christian viewpoint that, uh, you know, he was raised up to heaven. Uh, so that, we agree on that. Uh, and he was, uh, you know, that he was raised up to heaven. Now the tradition, you know, the traditions, you know, when we go to the Sunnah, the sayings of the Prophet, peace be upon him, that were recorded, they, they are sections in the which talk about his second coming, uh, you know, and the details are in there. So I want to just make it clear, and obviously Muslims uh, accept uh, the traditions of the Prophet, peace be upon him, uh, as well. But, you know, some, if it was clearly stated in the Quran, uh, there would have been, uh, we could say you, uh, you know, it is clearly stated and then there's no doubt whatsoever. <clears throat> there are some people who accept those traditions, and some don't. Uh, so this is the issue you understand from a Muslim I understand. perspective. Because, I understand. Uh, so from the, the traditions... traditions ...may be acceptable and not to certain scholars. So the position here in, with Muslims is that they accept the second coming of Jesus, peace be upon him, uh, which based on uh, traditions, uh, writings on what the Prophet recordings, which is attributed to him to have said that he is definitely going to come in the end times and what have you. What is he no coming for? Yeah, so what, what is he coming for? What's so special about his coming? Uh, look, uh, you know, as in the Bible, it is stated uh, that, uh, uh, you know, it is in the book of Hebrews, that it's ordained for man once to die and then the resurrection. So because Muslims believe, now that's the, that's the interpretation 
uh, of this whole story now, uh, Naya. Mm. The whole interpretation comes from the fact it's not interpreted, and it, it, that's where the people who say it's coming say that because Jesus, Muslims believe Jesus, peace be upon him, did not die on the cross. You get the point, that mm. he didn't die, and God raised him up to heaven, so he has to come and die. You see the point? Okay. So, that, so that's where it comes in, based even on, on biblical scripture, that you know, we all have to die. And that's why, you know, he's going to come back at the end times because, you know, you have to come back. Every human being, uh, you know, has to die. So that is where the, the argument or the rationale comes in. And then obviously the Muslim view, the traditions go a bit further, you know, to say that, uh, uh, you know, he will come and he will mention, uh, you know, the, the Muslim position. He will kill the Antichrist, so to say. Uh, you know, he will team up and bring restore peace on earth, which is very similar to to the Christian belief. Uh, so this is the the whole story, and you know, restore peace again in the world. So the Muslims believe in what Christians believe, as far as Jesus is concerned. Yes, and even the second coming. You know, uh, now the only difference is, uh, is yes. who is the Antichrist. That's where we're differing with the Christian <laughs> world yeah. as to who is that Antichrist that he is going to kill yeah. or destroy. Uh, but that the whole thing, the you know, eschatology, it, it fits in with the Christian belief. It's yeah. just a matter of the details uh, of who is that going to be. So there, there's yeah. a general, uh, you know, concurrence on this point. Yeah. All right. All right. Very interesting indeed. Um, why don't you just join forces and work together if you believe in the same thing? I'm I gonna bring, think so. Yeah. Yeah. Course, indeed. Uh, indeed. Yeah, let's, let's bring in um, Rabbi Nosso. Um From your perspective, do you believe in the second coming, uh, Rabbi? So um, we we talk of uh, something like that. We actually also talk of a a second coming or a second redemption, to be more uh, more accurate. But our second redemption is a referral to a redemption which is compared to the first one, which was coming out of Egypt. So the first redemption was one of coming out of Egypt. Hold, hold on, hold on, Rabbi. Uh, uh, please forgive me. I want us to streamline and be exclusive to Jesus. Do you believe that Jesus is going to come? And if you do believe that he's going to come, um, uh, why? If not, you can state that as well. Our focus is exclusively this Jesus because it seems as though there's commonality between the Christians and the Muslims. We'd like to hear from the Jewish perspective if there is any commonality as far as Jesus is concerned and his return or arrival. Um, as far as I understand, that we, we, we on this one... We we not we not in uh, in sync on exactly on this point. Uh, in, on many points, we no doubt are, but on this point, we're not looking for that particular person or or, or uh, um, name to reemerge, uh, reappear. We're looking for somebody who is identified as the seed of David, and not specifically that particular person. Yeah. And so uh, a second coming of an individual, no, we don't have in our tradition that that is what we're waiting for. We're waiting for the first coming of the person who is actually successfully going to make the world the beautiful and perfect place that is 
the goal of creation. So how are you going to identify this person? Because the Christians have identified him to be Yeshua or Yahusha. The Muslims have identified him to be Isa. How are you going to identify that this is the person sent to restore the good order of the world? We're going to ask him to make the world a better place. And he's going to say, give me a chance. I'll say, we'll say, go for it. And when he has actually done it, then he will be coronated the Messiah. Ah, okay. All right. So you also believe in the prophecies of Isaiah and the others who are calling him the seed of David? No question. Okay. But um, ex- exclusively, how are you going to know that this person is, in actual fact, the seed of David? So and I want to share with you something fascinating when I first got involved a little bit more in my tradition. So I started coming across people who have in their possession family trees that can actually trace themselves father to son to King David. They actually know. And I'll share with you something even even more fascinating. Yeah. About three weeks ago, okay. a relative of mine revealed to me that my family from my mother's side is directly related to a certain person called the Chacham Tzvi. That was his name, Tzvi Ashkenazi. He was in the 1600s. Okay. And so we have a family tree now established that goes through to the 1600s. I excitedly looked up to see if that man in the 1600s was related to another great man called Rashi. Rashi is Rav Yitzhak, uh, Rav uh, Shlomo Yitzhaki. He lived in the 1100s. And that's usually known if somebody's related to, to Rashi, a very great commentator, probably the most famous commentator of the Bible from a Jewish perspective. And if one can trace oneself to Rashi, then one knows that Rashi was a descendant of the Davidic line. And so if I could just connect my, uh, my great-great-great-grandfather, the Chacham Tzvi, to Rashi, I would know that I'm from the Davidic line. Okay. And I'm sure you and your listeners will be very disappointed to hear that actually I could not do that. <laughs> there, <laughs> okay. there was one opinion that held that he probably was related to Rashi, the Chacham Tzvi, but others say not. So I almost made it, but not quite. Okay. So what I'm sharing with you is that we know there are people who clearly know to this day they have a tradition and a, not more than a tradition, they actually have a genealogical map which traces them all the way back to King David. Even though there's great confusion of what happened with Rehoboam and Jeroboam, but you still are able to clarify the confusion. Well, yes, well, because confusion, but they, they still kept their birth certificates. <laughs> they still knew that they came from King David. <laughs> okay, all right. Let's bring in the Christian perspective, Pastor Mapanga. Uh, from your perspective, yes. uh, do, do, do you believe in the second coming of this Jesus, and why? We believe in the second coming of Jesus Christ. I want to greet the listeners this evening because of what is uh, written in the scripture. In our Bible, we believe in the second coming of Jesus because the book of Acts chapter 1 verse 11 says, While they were looking up to heaven, Jesus said to them, the disciples, in fact, it was... uh, Jesus Christ who said, uh, I will come again and have you to myself. I want to quote John chapter 14, verse 1 to 3. I'm trying to page through here. Mm-hmm. 
This is the text that I want us to use. Let us let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, and also believe in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and have it to myself, so that where I am, they might be also. Um, I think I must go back to Acts chapter one, verse eleven, because the angel says there. Why do you stand here gazing? The same Jesus who's taken up to heaven will come in the same manner as he saw him go up to heaven. We want to establish um, the teaching um, to the listeners that Christ is, according to our faith, coming for the second time. Because in John chapter 14, verse 1 to 3, he says, I let not your heart be troubled, I will come again. And Christ has not come yet, because he left us a comforter, who is Jesus Christ, I mean, who is the Holy Spirit, and the comforter will be with us until he comes again. Then we also want to quote Revelation chapter 1, 7, and it says here, Behold, he cometh in the clouds of heaven, and every eye shall see him, and they also who pierced him, and all the kindred of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. So we believe that Christ will be coming again. And we want to establish for the second time, because the book of uh, John chapter 14 told us that he is living, and he will come again. And he has not come back because he left us a comforter, and we are waiting for him to come and fetch his children home. Here's the issue. Um, um, Jews... Um, were there with this Jewish boy that was assassinated, killed, and then, uh, according to the Christian community, was resurrected? Apparently, now we're, we're hearing from the Islamic community that they also believe in him. But Jews who were there with him don't believe that this boy really is a Messiah. Quite frankly, they're still waiting for a Messiah. And Christianity comes after Judaism. It's, it's, it's one of the siblings of Judaism, as is the case with Islam. Uh, how would you be able to dispute what the Jews who were there, who have more information because they lived with him, uh, that you know better than them? I would go back to the prophecy of the Old Testament, which the Jewish uh, people believe in. The prophecy of Isaiah declares that Christ of the Messiah and uh, the prophecy declares what will be the uh, fulfillment and the signs of the fulfillment of the coming of Jesus Christ. So what does Isaiah say, Pastor? The book of Isaiah tells us that it will be, Christ will, for instance, not have any of his bones broken from him when he is crucified. And when Christ was crucified on the cross, none of the bones were broken. If you remember very well, according to the Synoptic Gospels, um, one of the centurions said, let's not um, cut his bones. It looks like he is dead already. And when they checked and they pierced him on the side, blood and water came out. And uh, that was the fulfillment because his bones were not cut. But the two thieves had their legs chopped off in order for them to die before the sunset so that the Sabbath is kept.
Rabbi, I want to bring oh. you in. When when you listen to uh, both of our guests, the Muslim perspective acknowledges without any shadow of a doubt uh, that they do know that uh, he will come. It's just that they don't know who the Antichrist is, but they do know that this Jesus or Isa is coming again. And Christians are adamant that the prophecy that you are still waiting to be fulfilled has already been fulfilled. Uh, what yeah. makes you dispute this, Rabbi? Rabbi and also, are you there? Rabbi and also, can you hear me? Now I can. Did okay. you Did you hear my question, Rabbi and also? I did. I did. Okay. I did. What's the? Uh, if I can just uh, see if I got it right, you're asking, um, what is the point of difference from a Jewish perspective that uh, maintains that he hasn't yet arrived? If 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 we see both the Muslim community and the Christian community acknowledge and believe that this boy that uh, this jewish boy who died and resurrected and now is in according to them in heaven at the age of 33 is actually the one who's going to come back they both believe these faiths both believe that he is the seed of david that you should be waiting for what makes you believe that he is not so i will give you um my understanding of it it's obviously, uh, maybe I say, maybe it's not obvious to everybody, but to me it seems obvious, complicated. Complicated. There's lots of scholars that have gone through, we all share a respect for uh, a common text, the, the, what, what, what's, commonly, what's referred to as the Old Testament, we call the Tanakh. And, um, but these are my understandings of, of the, the situation. From an Islamic point of view, perhaps, and I'm no authority at all, and I'm glad that I'm um, honored to be uh, amongst those who are uh, authorities, but, and they, I'd, I'd be happy to be corrected and informed. But perhaps, from, in my thinking, from an Islamic and a Christian point of view, perhaps they are willing to accept the fact that there was somebody who made great in, in strides and great a great impact on the world. And that for them is the opening for a second coming which will do the complete the task. But from a Jewish point of view, no matter how much their success there was in what he did, that particular person did, for us it didn't make the mark because we want a better world. We want a world where there is no division between Jew, Christian, and uh, Islam, and Muslim. We want a world where there isn't any more religious uh, um, antagonism. We want a world of synergy that you speak about, Naya, that I try and speak about. And if it isn't that, then it hasn't yet been successful. And therefore, no, no matter how good he was, but it wasn't what we're looking for. And this is actually in a verse. It's actually in a verse. It's a verse that's very uh, familiar to uh, Jewish people who who, who um, do grace after meals, because it's actually said whenever we have a meal. It's a verse that appears twice in the Bible. Let's use the reference in um, Psalms, written by King David. Mm -hmm. And the verse is, if I can see the reference, is that okay, Naya? Yes, go ahead. The reference is in Psalms chapter 18, verse 21. Okay. And my translation is, 
He who makes great the salvations of his king. And we have a capital he, capital H for he, and a capital H for his. And a small K for king. So we're talking about God, who is talking about his king. He who makes great the salvations of his king, and does kindness for his anointed, to David and his descendants. And now there's some Hebrew that I need to say over, because it's very important. Ad Olam. That's the Hebrew. Ad Olam. And it's usually translated forever. In fact, the book that I have open here actually translates forever. I'd like to now you usually help us with the translation that you have, and I'd like to hear what it is. No, but, uh, mm-hmm. uh, that, that's, that's fine. That's fine, uh, Rabbi. But so that, that text, however, that you are reading does not dispute this Christ that has already been confirmed by the Muslim community and the Christian community. I would, I would, I'd love to understand how that text refutes the legitimacy of this Christ being the soon-coming Messiah, according to the Christians and the Muslims. Well, he has a point. If we translate those final words of the verse into a different translation, an equally valid one, it's not forever, but it's until the world. Ad olam, until the world. Until the world becomes a better place for everybody that's not yet the Messiah. Okay, so you're that's saying because he has not uh, interacted with the world or affected the world, therefore he is not. Sorry? So you're saying because he not, his, his efforts did not affect the entire world, therefore he is not. Correct. Okay, I'm going to open the lines, then we can continue together. 0891-104-207, 0891-104-207. That's our landline if you'd like to join the conversation. Or you could put a, uh, send a text message to 40938, 40938. The question we're trying to get answered is, what's so special about the second coming of this Isa or Yeshua or Usha or Jesus, whatever you want to call him? What's so special about him coming? Because you hear Christians making brouhaha about this second coming he's coming again and now you're hearing even the muslims that he is coming again for one reason or the other and here and now having the problem with the jews they're saying quite frankly he touched a few people not everyone and a messiah is supposed to be touching everybody so what do you think oh eight nine one one four two oh seven if you want to go on social media you can find us on twitter at sfm radio at sfm radio you're listening to facts of faith i'm naye lupondwana all right uh, let's go back to 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 to, to the sheikh now if if we are to follow what the the rabbi is saying it seems as though you see, you seem to have taken any candidate because uh, other communities believe there had been many other people who impacted the world sheikh uh, why are you picking on this particular prophet because you are actually okay. believing to be a prophet why pick on this one and yet there are many others quite frankly uh, the prophet muhammad peeps piss be upon him uh, has had an impact on the world as well. Uh, okay. Why pick on Isa and not Mohammed or any other prophet? Okay, uh, now I just uh, if you allow me, first clarify, it's not that we don't know who the Antichrist is. We, in, in, as Muslims, uh, we have defined and we know who the Antichrist is by definition. It's just that when that person arrives, you know, with the arrival, uh, when, when Jesus, peace be upon him, comes, uh, you know, it will be confirmed. Now, in the book of 1 John, 
I'm just going to tell you, we, we agree with the book of 1 John, okay. where Jesus, peace be upon him, defined who the Antichrist is. I just want to get that out of the way. And he said the Antichrist is the one who does not accept Jesus as the Messiah. So we Muslims oh. accept Jesus as the Messiah. You get the point. Okay. And Christians accept Jesus as the Messiah. So the, the, the Antichrist is the people who do not accept Jesus as the Messiah. So I want to give you just one hint as to yeah. the how we get to know who the Antichrist is. So it's not that we don't know, but finally, this is, uh, this is we know that the, the Antichrist is the one who does not accept Jesus as the Messiah. But okay. Christians and Muslims do accept it. Okay, now, hold, hold on, you, hold on, hold on, right? Sheikh. Um, before we move on, that's a very big one. I want us to read yes. that text. First John chapter what? Where in no, John? One John. In 1 John. Yeah. You know, you get, you get one, not John, 1 John. I understand. Which chapter on 1 John? I, 1 John, I think it's right at the beginning, you know, verse 3 or 4. Uh, you know, he is the Antichrist who does not accept, you know, that uh, I am the Messiah or the Messiah was sent to the world. So the, the definition of the Antichrist, he is the Antichrist. That's the way Jesus mentions, peace be upon him, the Antichrist. Yeah, so 1 John chapter 1. 1 John, yeah, I think it's chapter 1. I'm not very clear uh, in the exact one. Let me let me see if I can read uh, the first five um, uh, 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 verses so that oh uh, so that we can be able to see if we can find what you're saying here. Um, um, one John one says that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched. This um, we proclaim concerning the word. Uh, of life the life appeared we have seen it and testify to it and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the father and has appeared to us we proclaim to you um uh, that uh what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the father and with his son jesus christ we write this to make our joy complete uh, I've read up until verse 4 uh, It still doesn't yeah. say that I think it's 1 John 4 You know you the word The only two One place in the Bible The word Antichrist is used That's what I'm getting at I'm not very okay. clear You know As you said uh, mm. But it's there in 1 John 1 Or 1 John 4 But let me just Okay there, no worry I, We'll, we'll, I we'll invite you, you on an exact reference But Jesus peace be upon him Described the Antichrist As okay. the one who does not accept him as the Messiah Alright how about we agree on this um, uh, uh, Sheikh um, We can agree that perhaps we'll invite you On a subject where we'll try to pinpoint Who is this Antichrist uh, Then you, we'll have all our and guests And he's the deceiver Jesus mentioned he is the deceiver I, I understand so, I understand so, Sheikh you know, And he's the deceiver who, uh, That's the Antichrist He gave qualities of the Antichrist We'll, we'll invite but you I for that subject Sorry Let's, We'll invite you for that subject And and deal with who the Antichrist is. I want us to go back to 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 our, our initial conversation. Okay. Yeah. So what what, what so, I was asking you, uh, uh, Sheikh, is if 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 you're listening to what um, the rabbi is saying, the rabbi is saying uh, this this okay. person has done some some good stuff, but he did not impact the whole world. He did not change the whole world. And my question okay. to you is: We know for a fact that Muslims believe in Jesus because he has done a lot, but you also believe in Muhammad who has done a lot. We believe yeah. in Abraham and many other prophets who have done a lot. Why do you pick on Jesus? as a messiah and not any other of the prophets that you believe in now okay so uh, let me answer that for you yeah now uh, as far as the muslim position is concerned uh, this issue of uh, the uh, the second coming of jesus and what the rabbi is saying is that 
you'll find that in Islam, he said earlier on, which I agree with, earlier on he said about, you know, he must bring peace and harmony and what have you. You'll find now, that, as, that Muhammad, peace be upon him, he's not the Messiah. He's Jesus is the Messiah. He's a prophet. But he's the only one uh, who brought and accepts all the other prophets that came before him. You know, he said there must be unity of faith. Now, the Muslims believe in, in Abraham and Noah and Moses and David and Solomon and all the prophets. So he, in Muhammad, peace be upon him, and as Muslims, as we speak anywhere in the world, we all we have a formula, and it's a part of our faith, that we accept the, 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 the Jews and the Christians as part of the Abrahamic family, and we accept all the prophets, the Jewish prophets. You'll find it's not the other way around. You'll find the Jews will accept Moses, but they don't want to accept Jesus. And Jesus and the Christians will accept Jesus, but they don't want to accept Muhammad, peace be upon them. But Muslims accept all of them. So Islam has, the Prophet Muhammad has already given the solution for world peace. The Prophet has already um, given in a part of the belief, we must accept all the Prophets, and that brings the religious harmony. So he has done the work. So I believe that the work has already been in John 16. Jesus said, I have many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them. But the one that's coming, he shall guide you unto on truth. And we believe that's Muhammad, peace be upon him, who brought all of it back together. And I believe the work was done, the final work, for the Messiah, he didn't complete his mission. Jesus, peace be upon him, himself said in John 16, my mission is incomplete. Muhammad Ho- hold on, Sheikh, hold on, Muhammad hold on. has laid the foundation for world peace. What I need you to clarify. Everyone as part of the, you know, the family of God and family of I, I understand that part. Uh, I understand that part, uh, uh, Sheikh. What I need you to clarify is what makes this particular prophet, you call Jesus a prophet, but you also call him a Messiah. What makes this particular prophet a Messiah? There's are two different titles. Uh, uh, Indeed. Uh, yeah. You see, the, uh, we know what prophets are. Now, what is the Messiah? You know, in, in, in Hebrew and in, in Arabic and in Aramaic, a Messiah means uh, the anointed one, right? Or the appointed one. It's just a title as an anointed one. And, and, and Jesus, peace be upon him, even the Jews were waiting for a Messiah. Even That's why they sent, you'll find again in the book of John, they sent the rabbis at the time and asked Jesus three questions. Are you the Messiah? Are you Elias? And are you that prophet? You know, referring to Deuteronomy 18 and what he said. And he says, no, I'm, uh, uh, John the Baptist said, I'm none of this. So they were also waiting for a Messiah. A Messiah is the title of... Uh, but and, you pinpointed, mean, you pinpointed one. You, 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 you believe that Jesus is this Messiah that, you yes. are, is, that is going to come back again, as opposed to many other prophets. My question is, what qualifies him as a Messiah as opposed to the other prophets? See, the reason he's coming, Naya, I explained it earlier on, is because he didn't die. And, you know, you have, ah, everyone has to die. The Quran okay. and the Bible says in Hebrews, ordained for man, one okay. to die. And then there. So he, because he didn't die, and it is in God's plan that he will come back and reestablish the, the, the teachings of Muhammad okay. in that we will relink ourselves with all the prophets as one fraternity who came to guide humanity. But people selfishly kept to their prophet to the exclusion of the others yeah. and made their own group. So Muhammad has the formula, peace be upon him, Every Muslim right now, and, and he's affected yeah. the whole world. There are Muslims in every corner of the world who believe this very same thing. So there are two billion people who believe in the oneness of humanity, yeah. who believe in the oneness of prophethood. And so that's the formula for peace. 
but he is coming to reaffirm that Jesus and to die. So because he didn't die, that's the that's nothing right. special about it. All right, I understand that you have to leave us, uh, uh, Sheikh. So what I'm going to yes. do is go take a break and come back. I'll pose one last question to you and then let you go. Is that okay, Sheikh? Okay. Thank you very much. Sam, are you still listening to Facts of Faith, trying to get an answer to what's so special about the second coming of this Jesus? You heard what the Jewish community is saying, what the Christian community is saying, and now uh, the, 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 the Muslim community as well. I'd like to hear from you, from you, from your perspective as an individual person of faith. Do you find anything peculiarly special about this uh, Jesus? And if you do, tell us why. Wolves are growling at the Gunners of London with ambitions to cement their position in the top half of the Premier League. The same way we carry on after winning, we need to carry on this week and to be focused on the next game. Arsenal will throw all missiles at Wolverhampton Wanderers in the Premier League match of the week. Aaron Ramsey to give Arsenal the lead, lovely skill and he scores! Don't miss this top eight clash between Wolves and Arsenal on SABC3 this Saturday at 4.30pm. Proudly brought to you by SABC Sports for the love of the game. Naye Lupondwana on SAFM. You're still listening to Facts of Faith with me, Nayelu Pondwana. Uh, Sheikh, you, you touched on something which I found rather curious, and I'm going to ask you a question, then I'll let you okay. go. Um, you're saying that um, Jews do not accept Christians or the Christian Messiah. Uh, and Christians they don't, don't accept Jesus as the Messiah. Indeed, indeed. And, and, and uh, Christians do not accept uh, the Prophet Muhammad. And, right. and the, the simple but logic. Muslims accept all of them. I understand the simple logic that you'd hear f- from uh, uh, many apologists for both the Christian and the Jewish community okay. is that um, uh, there was no reference in their scriptures to Christ, as you're listening to the rabbi here. And Christians will tell you that there is no reference to a coming Mohammed. And as such, it is easy for you as Muslims because you have all these as your forerunners, and yet mm-hmm. Islam comes after both. Christianity and Judaism. Your response? Uh, well, uh, that's another topic. Now I yeah. can give you references. Deuteronomy eighteen eighteen is talking about uh, a prophet like unto thee to Moses. You know, from among thy brethren, and that's not Jesus because uh, Jesus is not like unto Moses, and Muhammad is like unto Moses. I'm just summarizing. Then in the songs of Solomon, the word in the Arabic. Is actually Muhammadim, who are Muhammadim. In the Hebrew, if you take it in the songs of Solomon, he's altogether lovely. So, uh, we, you know, so we believe, uh, you know, because the Bible has undergone translations, many things are hidden in this translation. Okay. So it's another topic. We, we can show you references All right. in the Bible of the coming of the Prophet Muhammad. John 16 is yeah. another example because uh, the Holy Ghost, Jesus did not say Holy Ghost, yeah. the Comforter. He did not say the Comforter. In his original language, what did he say? The Greek, you go to John 16, it says the Paraclete. Or the Parakletos, but okay. Jesus didn't speak Greek. Okay. So you, when you go into the original, you'll find that the Parakletos in Greek means the praised one, and Muhammad means the praised one. So John <laughs> okay. 16 said, okay. "If I do not go, the praised one, Muhammad, will not come." See, this is how we look at it, John. All right, all right. Um, um, well, Joey is going to write this down. We'll invite you for that one as well. It seems that <laughs> a lot is coming out for the conversation. Sheikh Hassan, thank you very much for coming through and talking thank to you. us. We really appreciate okay. you stepping in with great, at great. such short notice. Sheikh Rafiq okay. Hassan has to leave. 
leave us because he has another appointment at uh, 8 o'clock and we are grateful to him and Pastor Mapanga, Pastor Mapanga as well, jumped in yeah. at very short notice. Thank you very much, Sheikh Hassan. I want to take some calls now. 0891-104-207, 0891-104-207. What's so special about the coming again of this Jesus? Let's go to Daniel in Cape Town. Daniel, good evening. Hi there. Um, well, first of all, um, that Sheikh is misinterpreting every Jewish scripture I've ever read, and including the Bible. That Deuteronomy 18.18 18 is definitely about a Jewish uh, prophet. It's not about uh, when they interpret it, interpret it as his brethren. Moses is actually talking to the Levites, saying, your brethren, your brothers. So he's actually talking to about Jews, not about Muslims who, who are Arabs, supposedly being the brothers of Jews. That's a total misinterpretation. And then the comforter, that is definitely about but, the but, Holy Spirit. Hold on, Daniel. Um, I, I see you want to go on that tangent. Let me permit you to go on that tangent just slightly. Uh, we do but know for a fact that Jews are, are brothers to Arabs, right? Yes, but in the, in the context, you see, um, that, that the Muslims love to go off the context completely. They don't read the surrounding verses. They take one verse and then they completely mis- Clarify your understanding of the context, Daniel. You have to read the surrounding verses to understand the context. Which Who wh- Moses wh- is actually talking to, Moses in Deuteronomy 18 is talking to the Levites and saying, your brothers, meaning, and the verse actually says, from your midst. It says, from your midst, if you actually have a look at the verse. It's, now, how can how could Muhammad come from the midst of the Jews? That's ridiculous. If you read carefully, the, the Muslims don't read carefully. It says, from your midst, this prophet will come. From your midst, he's talking to Moses. What, it, what interpretation would be using now? Would you be using taking it from Hebrew original or Take what? Any, from any verse you like. It says, it says, from your midst, this prophet will come. What That's is why it, they were looking for the prophet okay. from uh, the uh, midst uh, of the Jews. All right, so, and then I have, sorry, I have more. Yeah. The, um, the, the Antichrist verse you wanted to talk about, you were talking about the Antichrist. It says, he who denies the Father and the Son is Antichrist. That was the definition. Not he who denies the Messiah. The verse was, it actually it goes on to say, he denies, he denies Father and Son. What verse, what, 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 what verse are you referring to now? That is 1 John 2.22, I think. Oh, 2.22. All right. Yeah. Uh, which perspective are you coming from? From the Christian perspective uh, or the Jewish Christian perspective? Christian yes. Christian perspective. All right. Uh, but you do understand that he was talking to us from the Muslim perspective, yes, right? Yes, I understand that. Okay. But you actually, oh, and he says he, he, he believes in all prophets. Yeah. yeah. Sure he does. Except he rejects everything the prophet said. So no Muslim believes in any of the previous prophets, the Jewish, or the old what Jesus said. They deny everything that Jesus said and everything the prophets said. They only have one prophet. It's a lie that they follow all prophets. Which, which, which part did they deny about what Jesus said? Everything. Like, give us an example. Um, Jesus said, uh, I and the Father are one. Uh, they deny that. <laughs> they don't believe that Jesus is one with the Father. Um... Oh, you know, I can't think off the top of my head at the moment. Okay. But uh, I just want to stress that Antichrist definition was actually father and son. Okay. And Muslims deny that. Then they deny the father, and they deny the son, and that is Antichrist. All right, let, let, let's go back to what we're talking about. Do, do you believe in the coming of, of Jesus? I do. Why? Well, I, I think it's, it, it's in Scripture. Um, if you actually look at the, uh, if you look at tw- uh, Zechariah 12, it says, The Jews, they will look upon me whom they have pierced, and they will mourn for him, as one mourns for an only begotten son. So the Jews, the God hasn't finished with the Jews, as the Muslims think. He's actually preserving an end-time remnant, and they will look upon him 
a noble repent of and, this. And, and, your, and your assumption is the one who has been pierced is only Christ. That's correct, yes. But history does tell us that there had been many who had been pierced. Even the John who was pierced before Christ was yes, pierced. Yes, but it says, look upon me. As, it's actually God speaking in that verse. They will look upon me, God, whom they have pierced. Now, when was God pierced? Well, we have no record of a God exactly, being pierced. Yes. Exactly, but Jesus was God who was pierced. According to who? According to who? Jesus never called himself God. Yes, but they will look upon me whom they have pierced, and they will mourn for... Daniel, you're making an assumption now, a leap in logic. Jesus never called himself God. Well, he did call himself God. He said, I am the first and I am the last. He never called himself God nonetheless. But who is the first and the last? Sons of God. We are all sons of God, Daniel. It says, I am the first and I am the last, and there is no God beside me. Yet in the New Testament, it says, Jesus says, I am the first and I am the last. It's the same uh, again, these are the sons of God. We're all sons of God as far as the faith the community is, is concerned. Jesus Where in, in, the, in your Bible does it say God, Jesus called himself God? <sighs> all right, go look at and come back with it. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm open to the idea. Go look at it and find and find if there is. I doubt yeah, you'll well, find it, but I hey. I basically said all I wanted to say, but thank you very much. All right, you can come back. It's all right. Oh, you can come back. We still have 10 minutes. Thank you very much, Daniel. And I want us to bring in the Christian perspective. Pastor Mapanga, uh, you've yeah. heard this response from a Christian there. Uh, would you like to comment first before yeah. I pull, put a question to, to you? Yes. Yeah. I wanted to clarify the issue concerning the Messianic of Jesus Christ. Okay. Which is something that I was not anticipating when I was called just a few yeah, minutes before yeah, yeah. we started off. But... Uh, here are the reasons that I want to give why we believe Jesus Christ is the Messiah. Okay. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 7, verse 14, it is said that the Messiah will be born of a virgin. And in Matthew chapter 1, verse 22 to 23, we find the text telling us that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. That has not been so verified Christ, by yes. the pastor? Yes. There is no verification of, of him being born of a virgin. Quite frankly, this was disputed um, during his time. Um, it might have been disputed, but that's what we believe as Christians. I understand. That he was born of a virgin. Yeah. I understand. That's Remember, right, you're trying to bring us on board to help us understand how you arrive that, how you believe that. Um, can I continue and just finish up with the okay. five points? Just four. Okay. And then we'll come back to the question. Jesus is the Messiah because he was born in Bethlehem. Um, that is the prophecy according to Micah chapter 5, verse 2. The Messiah will be born in Bethlehem. And in Matthew chapter 2, verse 4 to 6, we find that Christ was born in Bethlehem. Jesus is the Messiah because he was born from the line of Judah. Um, but you cannot dispute, I think, because there are many texts that uh, show that Christ was born from the line of Judah. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 5, and others declare that it must be from the line of Judah. Tell me, how do, you, how do you arrive at the, co- at the conclusion that he was born of the line will, of Judah? I think what we'll do, we'll come, we'll come back to that. Um, let the, me finish up with this point. Jesus, uh, when when we time, come back, I want you to... to when we come back there, Pastor, Pastor, yeah. when you come back, I need you to clarify because we know for a fact that if you believe that he, there was no seed that yes. contributed to make Jesus, therefore he cannot come from any line whatsoever. Hmm. So you'd have to clarify how you'd say that he comes from the line of Judah. And of yet Judah. for the fact that we know there was no seed, if you believe in the supernatural conception. Okay. Um, we want to come to this uh, point of the line of Judah. Christ is born from the line of Judah because of the incarnation that we find uh, in the scripture. He was born, he was 100% human and 100% divine. He took the body, the flesh, and became a man. And from that uh, incarnation, Christ had to have some pedigree so that he becomes, he fulfills 
um, the desires of the people and also the prophecy of Isaiah that he'll be coming from the line of Judah. But he was 100% divine. How? How, Pastor? How do, how, does, was, how, how do you attribute a line to Jesus and yet even Joseph himself, his seed did not contribute to make Jesus? Remember you're talking about a child born of a virgin. Spirit. We believe that Christ was born of the Holy Spirit. We, the Holy Spirit came. He never contributed. Mary indeed. never contributed. To Moving from that premise, Pastor, how then do you say that he, there is a line, there is a pedigree, if there is no pedigree evidence to his crea- spontaneous or miraculous conception? Um, he's from the line of Judah because of the father, Joseph, and also his mother. Um, they have the pedigree up to the best, I mean, the the the, 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 the Davidic, Davidic pedigree. So we must definitely, uh, I think uh, one would need more time to come and declare the, the pedigree of Jesus Christ and come up with it. But we have that uh, cognizance and that understanding as, as Christians that Christ came from the line of Judah and Mary comes from the line of Judah and also Joseph comes from the line of Judah and that he was born of them. Though we understand that his death was miraculous, he was born of the Holy Spirit. And she never contributed any genes towards him because he was God. He was 100% divine and also uh, he was born like a human being and he grew like any other child and he was 100% human. So he was incarnate. That's the combination of divinity and humanity. And he has that pedigree from the flesh, but he did not actually need that pedigree for him to fulfill his duties. The only thing he had to do it in order for people to believe that he is born and that he is the savior who is uh, prophesied according to Isaiah. All right. Let me read some yes. text messages for all you gentlemen, and then we'll conclude our conversation. Uh, let's go to Twitter yes. first and foremost. Those of you who have sent your messages on Twitter, at Nayelo Pondwana or at SFM Radio. Toriso writes, Toriso, Toriso, says, Naya, I believe in the second coming of Jesus Christ. He is coming back to reign. All rulership in the world will submit to him. As scriptures say in Romans fourteen eleven. all knees shall bow to him and all tongues shall confess him as king to those who have sent text messages to 40938 the sms line uh this is one text which reads you cut the rabbi when he was talking about first redemption please allow him to finish that part very nb i'm not quite sure what very nb says another one says sheikh is saying peace be upon him but he also believes jesus did not die why all right, the shake is gone there. Interesting question. That one is not signed. Another text reads, uh, John 4, 1 to 3, the Antichrist, Pastor Mulongo. All right, Pastor Mulongo, we, uh, won't, we won't be able to read that one for but thank you very much for sending it. Another text reads, please read First John 2, verse 22. I think the Antichrist explanation by Sheikh is there. Very interesting and forceful. So much for free will. Bayanda and Sekunda. Uh, I'm not quite sure what you mean by so much for free will there, Bayanda, but thank you for sending the text. Another text reads, let's not sideline Jewish people as whole, as if those of Peter, John, and many others who were with Jesus were not Jewish. From Zakaria, Adam, Said. Thank you very much, Zakaria. Interesting, interesting views indeed. Another text reads, the Antichrist versus the Muslim representative is referring to, uh, found in First John 2, verse 18 to 23. Okay, people are listening there and finding the text themselves, and they're encouraged by this. And another text reads, the Jews did want a Jesus. They wanted a Moses. Mm-hmm. They were in captivity by the Romans at the time of Jesus' coming. 
Okay, mm-hmm. well, quite a point you're making there. Another text reads, God gave earth to Satan to rule over. Luke 4, 6 and 1 John five nineteen. Then Christ taught us to pray for God's kingdom to take over. Matthew 6, 9, 10. That is what the second coming is about. That's BM. Got it, BM. Thank you very much. Another text reads, conflicting question in particular to Christians, Naya, because in most churches they preach that the pastor, bishop, etc. are all sent by God as our saviors. Really? Another one re- continues to re- the same continues. They are saying they are carrying God's word, and if you obey them with respect to the work God gave them, you shall see the kingdom of God. Now, if there is a second coming, then what does it make of them bishops at all? Okay. All or most pastors and bishops claim that they are anointed and carry the word of God. Now, if Jesus comes back also anointed and carrying the word of God, what would the uh, would be the difference. Actually, pastors and bishops should preach the second coming if there's such, so that it becomes clear that they are merely men and are not even close to this Jesus narrative. It's Bayanda again in Sakunda. Got it. All right, we're going to give you each one minute. We're going to begin with you, Rabbi. One minute to conclude. Go. Um, one minute. Thanks, Naya. I haven't used the time I've been uh, in, uh, in, in stumbling. Um, the point that I think that the, the, we, we, the Jewish, from a Jewish perspective, we want the world to be a better place. God created the world in partnership with man. He put man in the garden to work it and to preserve it. He wants this world to work. The Messiah is the one who's going to actually get it right. And when it's right, we will know who it is. We don't mind who it will be. We understand it's going to be from the seed of David. It's not going to be David himself, because David doesn't need to do it. Somebody else will do it. And that's our point. It doesn't really have to be somebody who tried before. Let somebody come and do it, and let him come soon. All right. Let us all rejoice together. All right. Thank you very much, Rabbi. Uh, Pastor Mapanga, you've got one minute. Go. Yeah. We want to declare to the listeners that the book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse 7, it comes very emphatic. And it's very serious because we believe that whatever God says these days, it will be rejected because as we speak, the Antichrist is at work trying to destroy the truth. But uh, like it was during Noah's time, so many people will doubt the truth until the Lord fulfills his promises according to the scripture. As it is written in chapter, behold, he comes in the clouds of heaven and every eye shall see him, even those who pierced him. And the kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him, even so, amen. Many will not believe until Christ comes. I'm expecting that thousands and thousands of people will want to reason with the promises that God makes. But God does not declare, does not need any reasoning. He wants us to accept the truth. All right. And once he declares it like that, it will be fulfilled. All right, time is up. Unfortunately, those who don't don't accept will not be able to be ready. Thank Thank you very much to all of my guests. That was Pastor Peter Mapanga, an evangelist pastor who goes around teaching what he's talking to us about. So we've got those those expertise. Thank you very much, Pastor Mapanga. Also, Molana Yusuf Bosman was supposed to be with us, but he was not. Instead, Sheikh Rafiq Hassan came and stepped in. And thank you very much to both Pastor Mapanga and Sheikh Hassan for stepping in at short notice and Rabbi David Nossel Community Rabbi of Weberly Shul and a qualified medical doctor joining us giving us some perspective from me Nayadu Pondona and the team have a wonderful evening and Godspeed up next the news with Mbali Tetani